Welcome to the Athens First United Methodist Church Sermons Podcast. I'm Kayla Thomason, a member of the communications team. We hope you enjoy this weekly resource. Good morning again. Merry Christmas indeed. During Advent, we have been preparing for the long-awaited Christ child. You are here today in the sanctuary, and maybe you're here online. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We transition a little bit from the hustle and bustle of Christmas. Today feels a little quieter, a little calmer, but the excitement hasn't left us. And so for the sake of our time together, I'd like to offer more of a devotion this morning, a place that continues to speak to our heart from Christmas Eve. I'd like us to consider what it might have been like for Mary and Joseph the day after Christmas. Have you ever thought about it? We get to the story and we get to the night and we we get to the stable and they all woke up the next day just like we have. So I'd like us to think about that with them. On Christmas Eve, we gathered here in the sanctuary and we heard the story of Christmas through scripture, through prayer, through songs. The day had arrived that we could come and celebrate the birth of the Christ child. We lit the Christ candle. We sang joy to the world, and we raised our candles at He rules the world with truth and grace, acknowledging that the Messiah has come into our world for you and for me to save us, to save us from ourselves. Amen? Man, that is a big deal. In all of this excitement, like I asked a few minutes ago, do you ever wonder what Mary and Joseph woke up thinking that morning after Christmas Day? We gather here on this Christmas Day and we come with our memories, with our own experiences of the last couple of days and weeks. We might feel exhausted from shopping and planning and wrapping and eating and non-stop going, all gifts, right? Maybe we're filled with joy because we were able to share time with loved ones that we don't always get to see. Or maybe we're here and we're sad, filled with grief for those we did not get to see. Knowing that we all experience this day after Christmas in a variety of ways, I cannot imagine what Mary and Joseph might have been feeling. The coming of the Messiah had been foretold by the prophet Isaiah in chapter 7, verse 14. So the birth of a Messiah coming was not new news. Isaiah had lived in Bethlehem 700 years before Jesus was even born. In this verse it says, Therefore, Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And this isn't the first time or the last time that Isaiah proclaims this. In chapter 9, verse 6, we read, For unto us a child is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. Through the book of Isaiah, there are prophecies that are fulfilled throughout Scripture. Testimony that these things he shared are valid and have merit. We can assume Mary and Joseph had been taught these prophecies and that they knew that this event would take place. But growing up as children and growing into their teenage years and adulthood, did they ever think that they would be the conduit for God to use their lives to fulfill this prophecy? I imagine not. This amazing gift, this overwhelming responsibility, for some of us, it might have been a little too much. In the Gospel of Matthew, we see the fulfillment of this prophecy. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. But before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid and take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, repeating Isaiah, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The scripture from this reading from Matthew fulfills the prophecy, and it makes sense for us. We like for things to make sense, don't we? We want to know that the story is going to end okay, and then we can trust God, and we can be faithful followers, as long as we have in our heart that we know it's all going to be okay. But Mary and Joseph, they didn't have this luxury, and we really don't either. They didn't get to know the end of the story necessarily. And like most of us, I knew, I would think that if we did know the end of the story, if we did have the eyes of God and see all the details in our lives, we might be hard pressed to move forward in the call. We might not be so willing to jump in and do exactly what God is asking us to do. And so how does this transition from Christmas Eve into the day after Christmas and into the coming days? Why is it important? Why doesn't it matter on this side of Christmas Day? I imagine Mary and Joseph were asking themselves, what next? Do you really want to call him Jesus? Do you like that name? But then he's been given all these other names. Which one do we call him every single day? They probably did not ask these questions, but I like to think what they're going to ask each other. They're in a barn. They had their baby in a stall. His bed was a manger. And if you look that up in the dictionary, it's a trough used to feed horses and cattle. I'm sure it wasn't exactly the way that they had hoped and dreamed. And yet here they were with this gift. They're surrounded by animals, and I'm sure it doesn't smell the way they thought it was going to either. 
and that begs the question, where do we go from here? What do we do now? How are we to raise this baby? They may not have had to figure out how to properly install a car seat base, but they had lots to figure out, just like any parent. They needed to know what he needed, when he needed it. Were we going to be enough for him? How are we going to do this? We are now a part of fulfilling a prophecy that we've known about. What do we do next? Yes, I can imagine they had a lot of questions, but they had to trust the messengers through the angels. They had to know that what was brought to them and what was told to them would be continued to be told to them. For me, I believe that the question of Christmas is what do we do next? Where do we go from here? How do we respond to a gift of this magnitude? Do we even know the magnitude of this gift? We've heard Chuck say countless times, a baby changes everything. And I can imagine for Mary and Joseph it did. God entered this world as a tiny baby to save you and to save me and to give us eternal life, to bring God's self down to this earth with us for the purpose of staying with us eternally. He shall be called all the names from Isaiah 9, 6. Wonderful, counselor, mighty God. The Lord God wants us to know as much about the character of God as we can. He wants us to know as much about getting to know him as we can. When we have a curiosity to know who God is, we will answer the question, how do we respond? And where do we go next? It could be that we take time to learn more about God, that we dig into the scriptures, that we learn about the character of God, that we learn more about the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit so that we will know when we are prompted by the Holy Spirit when to move and how to move and where to move and who to move with. We will know that the Lord is leading us and that we are following in his footsteps. Mary and Joseph had to make a decision to be obedient, just like we do. God placed a call, a, placed a call on their lives to raise the Christ child. Now, you may not have been given that call, but I know that you've been given a call. We all have. We are here on this earth to proclaim the gospel, to share this great news of Christmas. And every one of us can do that in our own special way. Your call might be to teach or to sing or to play or to learn. Your call may be to lead or to consult or to parent or to care for your parent. Your call may be to listen, to be that place where somebody can come when they feel safe and they can share what it is that's on their heart and how the Lord is moving in their life. It might be that God is calling you to heal from past hurts, that you have wounds in places that nobody knows about, 
And in this time, God is going to use this time and his presence and this reminder that he is with us to get into those places and to heal those broken places and restore us. Whatever the call, it's essential that we know that it is God who is speaking to us. And you cannot know the voice of the shepherd if you do not know the shepherd. It could be that we respond to the question of Christmas by learning how to rest. For some doers, that's a really hard thing. Because if you're just sitting there, you're not doing anything. But learning how to rest, learning how to be in the presence of God is doing something super great. The busyness of life can challenge us in these places. And the enemy will use the noise to distract us from where God wants us to be because we can't hear him speak to our soul. Prince of Peace was the last name that Isaiah used in chapter 9, verse 6. I believe Prince of Peace is what we can attain. That relationship with the Prince that comes into our lives and calms our anxieties and gets rid of all the distractions and puts us in that place of rest so that the peace that passes all understanding will come upon us. I think the Prince of Peace comes and pours out over us, giving our hearts a sense of stillness only because we know that God is with us, only because of our heightened awareness that we are in the presence of the King. I don't know about you, but standing here the day after Christmas... I'm craving me some Prince of Peace. (laughs) When we experience God in this way, we have the ability to do things that are not in our own power. When we have the peace of Christ, we can ignore the comments that get on our nerves. We can offer love and grace to others before it's requested. And we can forgive more easily because we have humbled ourselves before the Lord. We can only emulate that which we know. So in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ, in order to emulate the life of Christ in this world, we must know him. We must spend time with him. Maybe our response to this season is just to draw nearer to that little baby born in the stable, wrapped in swaddling cloths, We can celebrate Christmas and all the hoopla that comes with it. It's fun. It's pretty. It's bright. It's all things good. But if we don't grasp the importance of the moment, if we don't light the candle knowing we're lighting a candle of hope, if we don't sing a song knowing that we're speaking words of the prophets, of the gospel writers, of the songwriters who put their understanding of who God is to music. If we don't authentically build a relationship with the Lord in these times, then we're missing the mark. It was just a day filled with presence and singing and light, unless we grasp the importance of these moments. Giving your time to lean into your relationship with the Lord, it takes energy. It takes effort, and you cannot do it alone.
Emmanuel is a gift of God's presence with us, not before us, beside us, behind us, around us, but with us. And Paul writes in Philippians in chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. 13, we kind of know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But beginning with 11, not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We can only answer the question of Christmas by being in relationship with the Lord and one another. Being with one another to challenge our thoughts and teach us things. To ask good questions that make us seek a deeper understanding and meaning of what it means to be in relationship with the Lord. We can only answer our call by leaning into our relationship with the Lord and by allowing the Lord to strengthen us. We cannot do this on our own. So my prayer for you and my prayer for myself this day after Christmas is that we will be filled with the joy of the coming of Christ. That we will seek to understand God and God's character and how God works in our lives. That we will learn about the life of Jesus so we can be more like him. That we will learn how to rest in God's presence. And that we will humble ourselves to get our strength from our relationship with Christ. So that even when this world wears us down, we still reflect the light of Christ in the world around us. These are gifts. If we can enter into a deeper relationship with Christ, if we can understand who God is in a deeper way in our lives, if we can rest in the presence of the Holy Spirit so that we can learn the shepherd's voice and follow him, then we will have the peace that passes all understanding. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to you, his people on earth. Amen. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at AthensFirstUMC.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AthensFirstUMC.